Uh, well, hello everyone. It took me a, a longer than a little longer there to get the recording started. Um, well, welcome everyone to our teleseminar today. And um, again, I just wanted to share with people who are new to our teleseminar and some people who might be coming back after a while that. I'm going to share a bit about the topic for today's teleseminar for about maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then kind of check in with, with everyone that's on the call, and I would love to hear from you. Again, the idea here was for us as a, excuse me, a group of, a group together uh, listening to um, this teleseminar that we could kind of share our understanding with one another. So... Uh, almost about halfway through, I'll, I'll see if anybody has any questions or any thoughts people want to share about the teleseminar today, or actually any uh, understanding people want to share about the principles or questions you have. When you um, want to share something, you need to uh, hit star two on your telephone, and uh, I'll see that you want to share, and then I'll open up the mic for you. But um, first... I'll talk a bit, and then I'll invite you to, to share. Uh, today's teleseminar on the nature of thought um, came to me when um, someone uh, made a suggestion that when I talked about it uh, in the past, it really brought clarity to mind uh, for a, a person who's trying to understand the principles. So I thought I would... Uh, speak to uh, the, the nature of thought today and see if it's helpful. Uh, I think in terms of, of our talk today, you want to just kind of listen quietly uh, as we explore really um, a formless energy, uh, a spiritual energy, and uh, and try to gain more understanding for uh, what... The, the principle of thought it, uh, is about um, as we look together today for, for an understanding of that. So it'd be important to just kind of listen quietly and uh, see if something makes sense for you or something resonates with you and try not to hear, listen to it too intellectually. Um, so um, let's get started. Um, I wanted to share, first of all, that, um, you know, Sid's uh, main insight that he has shared with us continued to evolve through his lifetime. I mean, he continued to um, understand more, see more uh, as well, even though he had a high level of a spiritual um, awakening or spiritual epiphany. Uh, from that energy, he would he would tend to see more, like all of us, you know, as we pick up a little understanding of the principles um, and we live with them, we, we start to see more about it for ourselves. Um, and so in the beginnings, um, there, there really weren't principles, but um, I think Sid, in his own insights and realizations, thought this would be a wonderful way to share with people how we can experience life, how it's pretty simple in the sense of uh, what we are a part of that allows us to have 
a moment-to-moment experience of our lives. And um, I've always, uh, I've always uh, liked the way he talks about it in terms of you know the minute we're born, um, you know uh, the princ- we have the principles to see life, and. Um, you know, it's as simple as it, uh, they allow us to just know our lives, to know life, this life we are given to live in, and to know our way through life. We have these principles. Um, so that I think that's valuable for me is to know that Sid continued to evolve in his understanding and see uh, uh, see uh, the nature of our spiritual uh, essence deeper. And so along the way, he shared with us the principles as a way to kind of organize an understanding for uh, what we truly are. There were several times of listening to him that helped me understand or the value of thought. Um, and uh, so he would he shared one time that um, in a talk that uh, every human being, you know, during the course of their lives, in, you know, gets insecure. I mean, there's insecurity that uh, we tend to live in. I'm not saying it exactly as he said it, but everybody gets insecure um, uh, in our development uh, in the sense that you know, we come into a world in which there's a level of understanding that creates fear or resentments or whatever. So, um, but he said that, um, he said it in a way that, you know, we always will have insecurity. We'll always have moments of insecurity. But what has helped is the understanding of the nature of thought. Understanding of the nature of thought allows us to really grasp the the nature of insecurity for what it is, but also, um, as we understand thought, live more um, in the the direction of which we were supposed to live with happiness and well-being and insights and realizations. Um, Another way in which he has presented thought that I liked um, was in The Enlightened Gardener, one of his books, and, um, I mean, if you haven't read Sidney Banks, I would really encourage you to just focus on what you can get a hold of and, and read his works. Not cover to cover, but um, just kind of read chapters that kind of speak out to you. For me, uh, several times th- through the week, uh, when I go to sleep, sleep, I like to read, and I'll pick up one of his books and just pick a chapter that resonates with me. Anyhow, I was reading The Enlightened Gardener, and I looked at that book so many times, and I never, it looked to me like I never saw, you know, this part of it. But uh, in that Enlightened Gardener, it's a story. It's about these four psychologists who go to a conference in the UK and meet a gardener who's enlightened. And during the course of conversations, this one conversation, one of the psychologists asks the gardener, well, what are are emotions? What are feelings? And the gardener says, uh, well, emotions are created by thought and brought to awareness by consciousness. So as I've listened to Sid and 
and red sid these these are two two uh time uh two ways he talks about thought that stand out for me, but there are many many occasions of his pointing to the nature of thought and um so uh I really love that the simplicity in the enlightened gardener. And so let's go speak to uh, the nature of thought. Again, what we're looking at together is trying to describe uh, formless energy, trying to describe spiritual energy in that you cannot get your intellect around it. There's no way you can grasp um physically the principles um, they are a, a formless spiritual energy and we want to I'm going to try to speak to that uh, as much as I can today hopefully I can stay there well with you all um, but we have to we have to look at all all the all three principles to gain a grasp of the nature of thought in that we are all this spiritual energy that we call in the principles world mind. We are that energy that uh, is behind life, is behind the creation of the universe. That is the intelligence behind life. But that's just pure energy, pure spiritual formless energy. But the principle of thought allows as a, again a formless energy is uh, that it allows that energy we are a part of to form to come into physical form uh, ourselves um, uh, and that physical form that the thought creates we call experience or our our reality or our moment-to-moment -moment thinking so the principle of thought really, as Sid has said, is the missing link or the bridge between the formless energy and what gets formed in life, um, physical life. Um, these forms of our ideas and concepts, opinions, judgments, and so forth, that all can exist because of the principle of thought. But actually, the principle of thought is not the form. That thought, the pure energy that takes uh, the energy that manifests through us as, as long as we're alive and makes it something, uh, is not our form. It's not our thinking. It's not our concepts. It's not our idea. It's where all of that comes from. And to me, I think that's a big difference in terms of trying to really uh, understand what we truly are and how we can manifest um, in our lives and have experiences moment to moment of the life we're in. It It really helps to know that uh, what we are spiritually is not um, what we have formed. Uh, the principles, particularly thought, allows us to form something, to come up with something. And we will, as long as we're living, we will 
uh, come up with something about life, you know, uh, moment to moment. And it's really, uh, again, you know, you, you really can't un- intellectually understand this as I'm trying to share with you a feeling I have, a, a sense of this space that we're calling thought. And I'm using words as best as I can, but I know they're not really describing what I can see. But they're enough that if you're hearing them and it resonates with you, you just have to sit in what that feeling of something making sense and more will come to you. That's the beauty of uh, the principles is that as you look in that direction, more uh, direction within, into your feeling for this making sense, more evolves. When you look out to try to figure it out from your forms, your thinking, your ideas and concepts, your memories and so forth, uh, it's very limited to just what you've learned. So the really beauty of the principles and, and having an understanding that we are these principles is that we can always have more. We can always see more through thought. So you want to stay uh, back from uh, thinking about your thinking. Um, Now, this is really important, I think, that you really see that when we talk about the nature of thought, we're talking about formless energy that 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 brings a form into the physical world in which we live, which we would call our thinking, uh, which we call our body, which we would call our brain and so forth. But it's really important to see that um, nothing uh, occurs before thought. And that's something that you just want to reflect on. So people talk about you know, brain chemistry or emotions or um, physiology or biochemistry as as creating for them um, their their experience of life, their feelings or their thinking. But if you really gain a, gain a sense of the principles, nothing can come before thought. Nothing can occur. Uh, without thought, without the formless energy to create. So um, that's been helpful to me um, to try to bring myself back to that when um, I look at ideas that uh, our brain has everything to do with how we're experiencing life or it's up to, or we hold, or the idea we hold trauma in the cells of our body, things like that, to know that really my experience is being created by a spiritual energy before any of that happens, before my brain has activity, before uh, I experience anything I might call trauma. That's really valuable. Now, it isn't to get that to explain these ideas. It's to get that in a place where you start to see, oh, yeah, there is something. Nothing can come before thought. Nothing can come before our spiritual nature. Now, the other piece about this that's really helpful for me is that 
when we look at the true nature of thought, it's 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 a neutrality. There isn't really um, any kind of qualifications about how you go about living within the principle of thought. It, it you know again if it's formless energy then it doesn't have an opinion of what you come up with. You see that's the freedom you have. The freedom you have is, is you've got the energy to come up with something and then you could come up with whatever you want. Sid said that a lot, that, you know, you could come up with whatever you want. That's the freedom. Because the energy itself is just giving you the capacity to create. Uh, and again, um, how you create or what you create, is it doesn't it, it, it doesn't mean anything to... The nature of thought it's it's not personal so it doesn't have personal qualities it's impersonal it's formless and so i thought that was helpful too with people who um uh talk about well you know i i understand the principle but why do i still get upset or why do i still get worried or why do i still um, um argue or uh, you know, whatever it is that people c can come up with. That was a question asked at a seminar I did this Saturday here in Northern California in the States. And it has nothing, It's that question has no relationship to the principle of thought. You see, it doesn't matter that um, you understand the nature of thought and still get into some form of insecure thinking. See, it doesn't matter because that's just impersonal. You you just do that because, you know, you have your way of using thought. And um, what's helpful is that you just know uh, where uh, those experiences you're, I don't know, judging yourself about come from. So the experiences you're having have nothing to do with how well you understand the nature of thought. Um it it can't be looked at that way. You, you just want to see that uh, you have this beautiful, uh, you are this beautiful energy to um, to form your thinking. And I found that to be very helpful because you could just relax, you know. You you could just relax and keep an eye on your understanding and just live your day. Um, I think there probably are um, levels of understanding the nature of thought where you get better and better at, you know, um, um, you know, kind of adjusting your thinking, I guess, or being able to use the understanding of thought to uh, give you more options in the way you think about life. But I think what's important is to see that when you look in yourself at the principles, it's they don't have comments about how well you know them or whether you should get insecure again. You know, again, I'm reminded that, you know, Sid said that we learn to be insecure and it's with us the rest of our lives. And what helps us with that is understanding the nature of thought. So once again, when you really see the nature of thought, seems to me that what occurs are ways to handle that insecure 
thinking, but not to use it to evaluate whether I should have insecure thinking. See, that's out in the form. That's out into what's already formed, and the principles are before all of that. The nature of thought is before all of that. The other helpful thing I wanted to share with you today is you want to find your own thoughts about how to live your life with understanding. Um, now with all of the video programs out there, all of the training programs available, uh, it's easy for people that I've mentored and coached, I, I see that, that um, they're starting to follow somebody's idea or they use that idea to uh, evaluate themselves or, or see that they need to get the idea better. I mean, even for me, when I first started to share this understanding after that evening that I um, attended a Sydney Bank seminar and I went back to my clients that day and, and shared with them what I saw, which was like thought create emotion, that was what formed for me. You see, that was my idea. Um, and, of course, there's more to see there. There's always been more to see there. But you don't want to just take uh, the idea that gets formed from, from the energy of, uh, of thought and follow that. You see, it's a good idea. You could reflect on that. But you want to find your own meaning. And uh, you want to keep looking for new. Um, there was a time that um, I used to teach the principles uh, in a metaphor of a movie projector, you know. And um, what I started to notice was, one, um, <clears throat> I got comfortable sharing, again, about the unknown, Again, sharing about the spiritual energy, which you don't know. So as each time you share it, again, it's about trying to convey something that is formless. And so grabbing onto a metaphor helped me feel a little secure, right? I could always use the metaphor. But what I realized was two things. One, that was limiting me. Because that's just an idea. It's not the principles. A movie projector metaphor is not the principles. It's, a, you see, it's a step, um, it's a step beyond the uh, feeling I have of the principles, the knowing I have of the principles. It's just words to try to convey, initially to try to convey that consciousness in which I had some insight into the principles. Now it becomes something in form and it's very limited because that's not where you're going to get insights. Um, but the other thing I saw was people started to use the metaphor, the principles uh, in their lives and uh, rely on that as a way to get over, I don't know, being angry or being worried. Oh, yeah, I'll just have to think about the projector. 
um, and then start to talk to people about the projector. Before you know it, everybody's talking about the projector. But that's not giving them the essence feeling of the principles. That's just a good idea. It's a good idea. I mean, you know, you look at that and maybe it does spur an insight for you. But you don't want to keep looking to people's good ideas. You want to keep um, looking to within you to uh, find more of that feeling for uh, the understanding of the nature of thought. So there are a lot of good ideas out there that have come to people, really good ideas, but you just don't want to settle for them. You want to, maybe they're a vehicle for you to uh, maybe keep an eye on something deeper than that idea. Because all of us at any time can see something about the nature of thought that goes beyond anything that's said so far in the three principles community by anyone because we just have tapped into um, what the nature of thought is. Sid said, that you just have glimpses of really what I mean by thought. So there's always more to see. So if you settle for somebody's good idea, you know, you're selling yourself short because there's more to see than that good idea, a lot more to see than that good idea. And that's why Sid always says, don't listen to my words, because you want to listen for the feeling, the feeling of you, oh, yeah, I know there's something here. It resonates with me. And that's what you want to listen to. The words anybody speaks, and that's all we can do, um, is a distance from what that person really saw as an insight, the feeling of that moment of new thought arising. So I wanted to also share that with you. Always come back. Uh, you know, you could thank people for their good ideas, but you want to always come back and find it for, for yourself. Again, one of the beautiful things of, of, um, of realizing that, that a thought and the other principles of mind and consciousness are spiritual is that it turned me to look within. And um, I had always, in my training as a psychologist, and my, I, you know, I was talking again to the group on my seminar, you know, through the years of my training and schooling to get a doctorate in clinical psychology, I must have read and attended trainings by, I don't know, uh, 20 leaders who have cre created a new approach to helping people. And... Um, so I was always looking outside to that, to those ideas to try to feel happy or try to get over my irritation or my worry, try to get those ideas right, you know. And when I first heard Sidney Banks and he talked about it being within all of us, and when I heard him talk about the nature of thought, it, all of a sudden I started to see, oh, I looked there. If I'm disturbed and I want to look at that differently, I look within. I don't look outside to try to get a better way to think about it or use a strategy that I learned from one of these leaders or try to fix the outside. And that helped me tremendously. And I'm sure it's probably helped you to turn from the outside to back within to your spiritual nature. Not your intellect, 
but into this consciousness. Um, so I also wanted to share that with you as well. When we're looking at the nature of thought, simply put, it is a, an energy that allows the manifestation of the spiritual energy always coming through us, keeping us alive and giving us the guidance and assistance for moving toward a, a, life, of hap, a life of happiness and well-being. It gives it form. It allows us to navigate this life because we have thoughts. We can see uh, um, the life before us. And, of course, consciousness makes us aware of that. So uh, we can really experience totally uh, what we've created through the nature of thought. So I'm going to stop here uh, and just check in with people. Um, I'd love to hear from you. That's the purpose of the teleseminar and us meeting together. And so, um, it, you know, you could share anything around the principles. You could share, have questions of today's teleseminar or share something that came to you from today's uh, teleseminar or share with us uh, questions about the principles or, or what you're seeing about the principles. So, um if you'd like to do that, you need to hit a star two on your telephone. So if you press star two on your telephone, it'll show me that you want to share, and I'll open up uh, the microphone for you. Well, we have a couple of people, so let's start here with uh, Chris. Is that you? Yeah, hi, Mark. How are you? Oh, hi, Chris. Good. How, how are you doing? Doing well. Hey, uh, great topic so, today, yeah. as usual. <laughs> um, I just wanted to chime in today and just uh, echo a lot of what you were already saying, but just uh, for my own life and for me, um, I do agree where the, the principles for me has become a more holistic approach instead of, uh, you know, more prescriptive approach, uh, meaning that you're not trying to use it as a technique or some sort of like checklist of of things I know that I, I've got to kind of run down to uh, to get through things, but but actually I think that may actually inhibit um, a, a realization of the principles if, if you kind of use it that way. Um, the one thing I wanted to kind of maybe draw an analogy to uh, for myself is is kind of happiness and contentment. I mean that that could be something that you know you could read a saying that says happiness is within it's it's within you it doesn't come from external circumstances or events or people but until you truly have that realization that that is true and you're not just reading it somewhere with the principles where you just read what the principles are and not embody it and then really have that realization I think that's where you're kind of always chasing it. So I think that's a real key part there is realizing that it's the realization and not the technique that you're really trying to get to. Well, I love what you had to say, Chris. I, I think that's really, um, to me, what's so beautiful about an understanding of the principles. One is that you you can realize, um, as Sid said, knowledge that's already within us. And... Um, for me, I, again, you know, in, in the beginning, that was new. I didn't know 
how that how possible that was for all human beings to realize um, and have insights into their true nature, uh, the nature of the principles. And it really is a difference, isn't it, from reading uh, like, you know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, be grateful, gratitude, you know, reading a book on gratitude and realizing gratitude. And uh, again, you know, that realization to me is uh, the hope of what's possible that we can really touch what we truly are. And, ha- and that provides us something in the form of thought. Um, so we get a feeling, which is the feeling of the realization of the insight. And through the nature of thought, it's realized. It becomes something. Uh, and that experience then is truthful. You know, Chris, isn't that truthful when you know and realize contentment for what it is compared to trying to get contentment because somebody said it's a good idea and uh, so um, so yes it it's it has no strategy to it because strategies are just following good ideas um, <clears throat> and there's no way either I found that you can think your way to a realization, but it is so hopeful to know that you have an opportunity to see life beyond the way you see it now. Um, so I hope I did justice to what you said. You probably said it better than I did, at least more simply. So thank you so much for that, Chris. You're welcome. Um, we have another caller. Um, I don't know who the person is. It's someone uh, from Seattle. Yeah, Dan Wingard here. Can you hear me? Oh, Dan, hi. Yeah, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having this. This is awesome. So I'm I'm fairly uh, fairly still new at the three principles, and I'm still I think I catch myself intellectualizing and thinking, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are around just utilizing. Um, like physical action, meditation, things like that to uh, change our state. Um, I've looked into Dr. Joe Dispenza, who really gets into um, neuroplasticity and epigenetics and things like that that seem to be really showing um, some scientific um, facts around the, the the ability to to even heal our body. So just any thoughts on how that relates to um, the three principles, and maybe I'm just all up in my head about this, but maybe this also spurs some some thoughts and and opportunity for discussion. Does that well, make you know, any sense is, at all? <laughs> no, it, it makes a lot of sense because it's a common uh, question of people in terms of the number of seminars and events that I presented. It's a common uh theme that people ask about mm-hmm. and i think I, I, it's a it's a broad subject but i think there's two points to share today on the teleseminar and you know you could actually do a day seminar on your question but here's sure. the thing to see here's the thing to see um 
for uh, so it, for meditation or brain exercises to have an impact, if you looked at that really, people had to change their thinking. They they had a different relationship to to thought. Um, like Sid will say, you know, meditation, you know, he was always at times say, you know, you, meditation is really helpful. But the way he was saying it was uh, not the actual ritual of meditation, but to see that the quieter your mind is, the more opportunity to have insight. But again, to have your mind quiet, you have to drop your stressful thinking. So, the, 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 it's, it, you know, these are all valuable things, you know, to relax, to take a nap, to meditate. They're helpful to, to us, but you don't want to lose the truth of the matter that they get their benefit because in you doing the practice, you change thought. You have to. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't get the benefit of it. So it goes back to the nature of thought. Um, now, you don't want to look at it like, well, I shouldn't meditate anymore. It's like you just don't want to get fooled into thinking about the form bringing it to you. So if Got you it. are able, yeah, yeah. So if you can see the truth of the matter, then you gain even better by putting yourself in a quiet space, right? So I walk and I listen to Sidney Banks' uh, tapes when I walk. I've been walking now for exercise uh, over a year now, and um, I've got a lot of his uh, audio tapes, and uh, I listen to them, and Lo and behold, I get into a meditative state when I'm walking. Luckily, I'm not walking on busy streets, you know, but no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. And, uh, and it isn't the walking or even the listening to Sydney Banks. It's that somehow as I'm listening and walking, my thinking changes and I get deeper into the feeling of uh, what I truly am. Um, now, the reason this is so important is that it protects you. It protects you from looking outside of yourself to try to keep practicing something, thinking that's got the power. The power comes again from you. It comes from within you. Um, so I hope that was helpful. The other piece is the brain plasticity and so forth. Um, I have a uh, video, short video clip from an event I did with Michael Neal that Michael and I separated from the rest of the event that I can send to all of you on the, on the teleseminar today if you would like. It speaks to your question about uh, the brain influence. If you would like that, you could email me at drmarkhoward at comcast.net. But let me just make a point there and then go to another, uh, see if there's another question or comment. Once again, when you have these questions about physical form, you want to go back to the fact that you know 
something, there's some energy that brings about what is being seen in physical form. So brain plasticity does not come before uh, the thought creating. See, it can't. It can't. So what they measure, um, I don't know anything about brain plasticity, but I've, I've heard some of it. Um, I, I'm not trying to share anything about that theory. I'm just trying to share anything you think about in terms of physical form that people are measuring that look like it has value. You, you want to see that before that thought occurred, thought operated, the formless energy of thought uh, 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 brought about what they're measuring. Um, so my guess is that what they tend to measure in brain studies is really the effect of thinking. Um, and um, I don't, again, I don't know about this particular uh, measurement of the brain or investigation into the brain or exploration of the brain, but you know how they have looked at um, different uh, scans of the brain or images of the brain, and they kind of say, well, if somebody's happy, this part of the brain lights up. If somebody's uh, angry, this part of the brain lights up. Well, well, that lighting up comes from thought. See, it isn't that you yeah. try to light up the brain. The reason that that that's having the effect is because of thought, the nature of thought that that person's engaging in. So. Um, Again, we're looking at a very, to me, um, perplexing area of the spiritual nature of our, our lives, of us and, and form. And it's so easy to think about it in just the form and miss that um, the principles brought that about. Without thought, they wouldn't be measuring anything. Yeah. So I hope that was helpful with you. If you again, if you'd like me to send you the video that goes into it a bit more, it's dr. Doctor Mark Howard at Comcast dot net. I'll send it to anybody who uh, sends me an email about it. Well, thank you so right. much, Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Um, Appreciate you. Anybody else want to share or have any questions? Just press star two on your phone. Um, you can see that as people participate, um, we we have a, an opportunity to see more. It doesn't mean that you have to see more or I have to see more <laughs> at the moment, you know. Uh, uh, it just, we just kind of talk together and uh, we just kind of use what your thoughts are as a way to share more for today's topic. There are a lot of you on the call and uh, Again, you know, would love to hear from one more or, or uh, one or two more of you. Um, any questions about the topic today or um, you know, I'm reminded um, uh, with Dan's uh, sharing that I attended a, a seminar that Sid 
uh, did in uh, Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, many, many years ago. And he started out the the uh, seminar talking about the paradoxes of life. And, uh, you know, we're talking about a paradox here, really, you know, that the brain has an effect and we are talking about the physical and the spiritual. And they look kind of paradoxical. And what he said that helped was that as your level of understanding rises, uh, you see the paradox for what it is. It's no longer puzzling to you. And um, and it isn't like you can force your way, <laughs> you know, to get over, <laughs> you know, this puzzling aspect of looking at the spiritual and its form, you know. Uh, but what, again, was so hopeful in my listening to Sidney Banks was that I have a chance, you know, I have a chance at it. If my level of understanding ever gets to a, a certain level, I can... Uh, no longer be puzzled by the paradox that this this seeming paradox I could see the, the true nature of things, and that's happened over my 33 years of of uh, learning of the of the principles. That's happened, and again, it, it isn't like um, it isn't like you get it intellectually. All of a sudden, you're kind of driving along, or you're reading the a page in one of Sid's books or you're at a seminar or you're uh, waking up and all of a sudden uh, you get a realization and it helps you see uh, that that paradox really isn't a paradox. But again, you're not going to be able to wrestle with it intellectually because you just don't know. You know, if you start wrestling with something uh, about our spiritual nature, Intellectually, you're only going to be able to use the information you already learned. That's why you can't get anywhere. Oh, we have someone else that has, has called in. We have so we'll use this. We'll, we'll, we'll share. Have this person share, and then come to a close for today. So this is someone. Um, I don't have a name, but it's uh, Normal, uh, Connecticut. Yes. Can you hear Hi. me? Yeah. Hi. Hi, my name Hi. is Martha. I'm actually in, in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, oh, okay. Hi. 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 Um, I'm <laughs> relatively new to the principles. It's maybe been a year, I think. And one of the things that confuses me, um, it was helpful for me to hear you say that, you know, thought always comes first. Um, so that's kind of, that's going to be a helpful thing for me to think about. One of the things I am a little confused about is um, what Sid would say or people who are further along in the three principles would say about one's responsibility for one's thoughts. So, for instance, I've also studied A Course in Miracles and, you know, there's the famous line in there about you're much too tolerant of mind wandering. Um, And in the Unity Church, which I've studied a lot of the writers in the Unity Church, there's a lot of talk about you know, being responsible and aware of your thoughts and, um, uh, you know, speaking, being aware of whether your thoughts are true or helpful. I mean, so in other words, if you're Mm -hmm. having a neurotic thought, you know, Mm -hmm. that's 
maybe you're aware of that and you say to yourself, you know, I don't need to have this thought. This is kind of neurotic thinking. What I really understand is true is that, you know, um, is this other idea, this affirmation, this more positive way of looking at something. So am I being clear about the question? It's, it's really a question about how the three principles uh, frame a, a paradigm uh, looks at the idea of responsibility for one's thoughts. I guess that's my long-winded question. <laughs> oh, sense? thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it does make sense. Sure. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, sharing that. Um, if you could go back to when you realized uh, what you shared, like, oh, I'm having a neurotic thought. Uh, I don't need that right now. Now, my guess is it's been my experience around coming to a realization about my thinking that that really occurred to me. It wasn't like I was carrying around an index card that said, oh, watch out for neurotic thinking. It, it <laughs> seemed like all of, all of a sudden I remembered or, it, see, it, I use the word occurred because it, didn't, it doesn't really feel like um, I practiced anything in the moment that I realized once again I'm having a neurotic thought. If you look at, even with your learning, when it, your learning occurs to you, it, it's the sense of it occurring to you rather than you're actively practicing to tell yourself, oh, my God, that's a neurotic thought. Realizing you're having a neurotic thought seemed to just occur. So in other words, like, it's I don't really... insight. Yeah. Well, yeah, again, it's kind of like something you notice, but... You're not active with it, and mm -hmm. and I hope I'm trying to I'm trying to explain this, uh, and I'm thinking that's the process we're talking about. That's the process of this intelligence of mind uh, uh, bringing you an, a realization once again of where your experience is coming from. Mm -hmm. um, so. I wanted to start there because a lot of people talk about, well, how do I uh, change my thinking or how do I uh, take charge of my thinking? Well, I don't know that you could ever do that successfully, <laughs> you know. But what happens is that as you deepen your understanding of the nature of the principles, that understanding or your or your own understanding of spiritual of our spiritual essence, that comes to you. It just occurs to you. Mm. You know, I'm writing, I'm writing so in other words, my you... life. Go ahead. Well, I guess if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is I don't need to rely on my own vigilance. I need to rely on divine mind to and my own inner wisdom to come around and bring me back to center. Exactly. That's that's beautiful. Okay. You don't have to be vigilant about yourself. Okay. And you could just relax you could just relax about yourself and you just will see what you've known, what you know. Right. A spiritual understanding. It will it will come to you. 
resting resting in in the knowledge that you will naturally come back to center and and peace of mind and clarity, I think. Yeah, yeah, you're built to live that way. Yeah, and the okay. ass- the assistance of of mind is to bring you there. But the main yeah. thing I love what you said. Yes, yeah, stop being vigilant. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. now. Here's the other piece of what you're saying. Um, when you do see something, and let's just call it a higher level of understanding then when you're in neurotic thinking, so to speak. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite naturally, you're more responsible. Like quite naturally, mm-hmm. you'll say, oh, man, sorry I said that, you know, or, oh, my God, I was off. Or it'll just occur to you to go take care of things or it'll occur to you, stop thinking that way, you know. All of that yeah, to me, yeah. is is being responsible for your thinking, but that will just again just occur to you. Once see, once you once you have a thought of what you're doing, see, once you have a thought about your thinking that doesn't come from vigilance, mm-hmm. the the responsibility you're talking about comes with it. So yeah. so you don't even have to be vigilant about that because it'll come to you like, um, you know, I get irritated with my wife, you know, and I say something sharp to her, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe a minute later, it, it occurs to me, oh, Mark, your thinking was off. Oh, man, you hurt her feelings. Uh, oh, man, you were just setting out to have a nice day and now <laughs> look at this, you know. Why don't you just apologize? So all of that just comes up through... Yeah. The intelligence of mind, you see. So you could yeah. say, you could say I'm being responsible, but it's a different sense of being responsible. Yeah, it's not I a responsible you. of. Yeah, you do. I, I yeah, I do actually. I, I think I really do hear you, and it's it's really helpful. It's it's, it's um, relying on what will be natural. Um, instead of trying to control it, just resting exactly. in the idea that you're going to come come back to center and yeah. that your your thinking will get clear on its own if if you just um, have faith that it will. Kind of. Uh-huh. If you sit in what you just saw, if you sit in the feeling of what you just saw, yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. And what you really saw was. The difference about between vigilant and um, spiritual, and that you saw, and that will percolate. You'll see more. Just relax okay. about it. Don't try to think more about it today. Just let it percolate, and you'll you'll see it even deeper. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing, um, and. Um, I'm glad that uh, you 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 asked your question. Well, um, we're going to bring the oh oh great. Um, we're going to bring the teleseminar to a close. I, I hope it was helpful to you. Uh, again, I want to thank all of you that shared uh, with us and uh, all of you that participated in, 
it's, we're just getting a, a longer and longer list of people here on my computer panel that I can just see uh, phone numbers for. So thank you, uh, or, or actually places where you're calling. So I'm really uh, thankful to have all of you on the call. So here's what will happen now. Um, in the next few days or so, you're going to get the recording uh, of this uh, teleseminar, and um, you'll have uh, three options at which to listen to it. Uh, it's now on uh, a podcast on iTunes. It's also on SoundCloud, and it's also on my website. And you'll get links to all three of those options. And um, so you can start building up your own collection to listen to as you'd like to. Um, so again, um, oh, and also about that, um, if you'd like to, to see that little video clip, again, email me at drmarkhoward at comcast.net. All right. Well, um, it was so good to be here with all of you, and uh, we'll talk again next month. Have a good month, and um, I'll talk with you in August. Bye.